Hello, Open Arms. I am really excited to share this word with you today. I know it's going to build you up in the faith. It's going to reveal to you some new things that maybe you have been unfamiliar with or has not been realized in your life. And I know that it's just going to be a revelation that God's going to bring forth into your mind to help you practically in your life today. You know, for the last few weeks, we've been looking at the series, The Church That God Has Called Us To Be. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, this is the rock on which I'll put together my church, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. This is an exciting church. This is a church that advances, that takes ground, that moves forward. But what happens when we're faced with our adversary? The enemy whose sole job is to stop us from moving forward. An enemy who is out to attack the Christian and hinder the advancement of the church moving forward. The apostle Peter describes the enemy in 1 Peter 5.8. He says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You know, many people believe in Jesus or at the very least believe that God is real but the devil demons hell really C.S. Lewis said this about our view of the devil there are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devils one is to disbelieve in their existence the other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them he said this, he said, you can give the devil too much or too little attention. You know, the devil loves two kinds of people. The skeptic, those who do not believe in him, and the superstitious, those who see everything is the devil. A famous poet remarked, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. You know, our world today is fascinated by and believes in the demonic and the supernatural. Halloween is all about celebrating this and being entertained by this. And yet at the same time, our world does not believe that the devil or demons or hell exists. And this has seeped into our churches, particularly among those who are younger in their faith, who, who have a faith in Jesus, but have a poor biblical foundation and a warped theology because their theology has been based on what they hear and public opinion rather than what they read and study in the word of God. Here's the truth. The devil is very real. 61 times Jesus spoke about or referred to the demonic and the devil. In fact, he said about this, he said this about the devil in John 10, 10, he referred to him as a thief and he outlines his one goal in this world. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. With this truth, however, as Christians, we must not be afraid. 1 John 4, 4 says, Greater is he who is in you than the one who is in the world. We must be aware, but never afraid. We must become aware of the attack that we face as Christians today as Ephesians 6 verse 12 tells us for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers against the authorities against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms so this week and next week as we're getting ready and coming up to Halloween 
we're going to look at spiritual warfare from the standpoint of the church and the Christian that God has called us to be. The title of my message today is this, Under Attack. Under Attack. How do we recognize that we are under a spiritual attack and how do we respond to being under attack? Next week, we're going to be looking at the weapons of warfare that the Lord has given us to use and to be equipped with so that we can be protected from any attack that comes our way, so that we can be aware and so that we can respond in the way that he's called us to respond against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You know, two weeks ago in prayer and study is, I was studying this subject, looking at the church that God has called us to be. I felt like the Lord put this word on my heart and really because I believe that the church and the Christian is very much under attack today, under a spiritual attack like we have not seen in the 21st century before. You know, we don't highlight that every week and focus on it, but but as we are advancing and growing and moving forward and taking ground, there is a spiritual attack happening in the background where the enemy is stealing, killing, and destroying marriages, families, friendships, where he is destroying hopes, dreams, and particularly attacking those who have become lukewarm and particularly drawing those who are maybe a little bit on the fringes or struggling right now, pulling them away from church and community and from their relationship with Jesus. You know, within these two years as a family, we've gone through many difficulties as I'm sure you have and your family has, but for the most part, we can say that our health has been strong, our home has been protected by God's grace. But in the last two weeks, in preparing for this sermon, we have experienced intense sickness like we haven't done so in the last two years, every one of us in the home. And today as I preach, our newborn son, Brandon, he is right now, he's in hospital for the entire weekend as he, as he caught bronchitis and he's hooked up for uh, oxygen and monitoring his sats and having a feeding tube. That's why I'm preaching today from home as I'm in between being in the hospital and going back to the hospital. You know what? We're going through it. Struggling and yet smiling with the joy of the Lord as our strength. Knowing and believing that the Lord will bring us through as he, as he has done before, but at the same time, going through it. And you have to go through it. Anyone else? Maybe feeling like that today? Do you feel like you're going through something? Do you feel like you're struggling? Yes, you're smiling, but you just feel like something is bubbling within. Something is different. Something is happening. Maybe it is a spiritual attack. And I, I don't say this for me personally to, to receive any pity, nor do I say that the devil made us sick. But deep down, honestly, when when I experience this spiritual attack, I get excited when we experience spiritual attacks like this. Why? Because I know that the church needs to hear this word. I know that God is doing something exciting, something new, something like we've never seen before. I don't believe in coincidence, nor do I believe that Satan has any power over my life or my family or my children or my marriage, but I do believe in being under spiritual attack and we've experienced this in our family for many many years and being in ministry 
And there's kind of two times that really it hits hardest, especially uh, after a great ministry victory. You know, recent years, we, we planted the church. We experienced spiritual attacks and um, experiencing growth in the church where we take a next step, seeing, you know, transformation, life change in people's lives. Or one often instance that it happens is right before God's about to move in a new and a supernatural way. Right before we're about to step into a new season of promotion. You know, the devil always attacks those who are most effective in the kingdom of God. Either after fulfilling the purpose of God in your life or, or experiencing a big victory in your life. And most often, right before you're about to see the change that you're praying for, right before you're about to step into that season of promotion. I want to encourage you, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged if you're under attack. The Lord is with you and his power through his Holy Spirit is living and active in you. You are protected by Jesus Christ. Do not be afraid, but we must be aware. We must both recognize when we are under attack and respond in the way that God has equipped us and called us to respond. You know, many, many focus on discipleship for all of life's problems as the Christian. You know, we, the answer we may feel is, well, I need to pray more. I need to read the Bible more. I need to go to church more often. You know, all these things are great. But Jesus also spoke about another D word. That is deliverance. Jesus has come to set us free, to deliver us from oppression. You know, many of us, as we rattle off the Our Father found in Matthew 6, 9 to 13, it says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And we may miss this. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Have you ever stopped to think about that? Am I delivered? Am I fully delivered? Am I being delivered from evil? Am I truly set free? Maybe am I oppressed in some area of my life? And the question is this, as I've been studying and looking at this subject, is how can Jesus set us free? How can he truly deliver us if we aren't aware that we're being oppressed? If we aren't aware that we are under attack from the evil one. What if we're experiencing an attack and we're not even aware of it? How then can we protect ourselves? How then can we learn from it and, and be delivered from any attack that we are facing? So today I, I want to share with you some of the ways that we can recognize that we are under attack. Some of the signs of a spiritual attack. And I want to encourage you to, to take notes. Write these down. Take note of these in your mind and in your heart and ask yourself the question, am I under a spiritual attack? And am I aware of it? And pray to the Lord for him to reveal it to you so that you will know you become aware, you recognize it so that you can respond to it. So here's the very first of seven signs of a spiritual attack. Firstly, is a loss of spiritual desire. The goal of any spiritual attack is to turn you away from what God wants to do in your life. And this is why the first sign is often a loss of spiritual desire. This is when your walk with God becomes one of duty and no longer out of desire. You may feel like giving up 
Or you may feel like at the very least giving into worldly uh, desires and temptations rather than feeding your spiritual desire. This is when our passion or our fire becomes depleted, where your faith is running on empty and you've become lukewarm. You've become in, a, an indifference and experience an indifference to the things of God. You know, it doesn't often happen overnight. It, it happens slowly where you drift away in your desires for God. You may be experiencing great trouble in your marriage or in your intimate relationships. You may be struggling at work. You, you may be experiencing great conflict internally. When you have a deep spiritual desire in those moments you are drawn to God you are running towards him and when you face these conflicts in your life which we all do you rely on his strength to bring you both resolve and rest even in the midst of the troubles here's the second sign of a spiritual attack is physical and emotional exhaustion you know we have a tendency at times to separate the physical the mental the emotional and the spiritual but we are created beings. That means that we are spirit, soul, and mind. Corey Ten Boom famously said, if the devil cannot make us bad, he will make us busy. If he can't cause you to sin, he will aim to wear you out. Because he knows that when we are worn out physically and emotionally, then he can touch our spirit. Then he can bring condemnation and discouragement into our spirit. The devil aims to, dis to deplete our energy by distracting us and by keeping us busy. You know, this isn't always through negative experiences, but when maybe we become so occupied by sport or entertainment or leisure activities where these things replace our spiritual priorities, such as prayer and church and community, and he draws us away from the very things that's going to revive our spirit and strengthen our spirit and feed our spiritual desires so that he can keep us neutered and ineffective. Here's the third sign is a constant lack. This is when your resources start drying up one at a time, where you are experiencing lack in every direction. Everything starts breaking down at the same time. The boiler, the car, the relationship. It's like everything is happening. The financial provision is nowhere to be seen. And during these times, we have to pause and reflect and just ask the question for a moment. There seems to be something not normal going on here. I'm not saying for one minute your bills and your bills and debts are demons, right? We've got to we've got to steward with great responsibility that which what God has put in our our grasp. But when stuff all starts breaking down at the same time, when when those open doors start closing, when the the favor which you had begins being lost, you're doing everything you can right. But it feels like everything is going wrong. Have you ever experienced this? Maybe you're experiencing this right now. At these times, we must stop and realize that there's something going on in the spiritual as much as it's happening in the physical. You know, the enemy attacks in this way, particularly with our resources and our provision. And he does this oftentimes to take our eyes off God and more than not, put our eyes on money to get us to worry rather than worship, to become anxious in ourselves rather than sharing our burdens and cares with Jesus. You know, God has promised in his word to supply all your needs, to grant all of your requests, to provide for you at all times. So therefore, focus your mind on God's promises and not your problems. 
Here's a fourth sign, is a weak prayer life. Matthew 26, 40 says, Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Hours later, we see that Peter finds himself in a vulnerable moment and lashes out angrily and cuts off the ear of a guard as he's taking Jesus away. Only for just a few hours later, following that, denying that he even knew Jesus. The temptation came and the flesh was weak. You know, prayer is a discipline. There is no gift of prayer that only special people receive. It takes action on your part. It takes faith and persistence. It is no coincidence that when you set time aside to pray, whether in the morning or the evening or during a a time where you know, I want to be in the presence of Jesus, it's no coincidence that your mind is just rambling on to all the things that you have to do. You're experiencing multiple sleepless nights. You become overwhelmed and overloaded in work and it feels like at any time you try and get a moment, it's like someone is looking for you to solve a problem, whether your kids, your, your friends or whatever it is. And then what happens is days, weeks, Even months go by and you haven't spent time in prayer. The devil has many tactics and one is to restrict the believer from being in the presence of Jesus and being in the word of God. You know, when when you're regularly praying and in the presence of Jesus, praying without ceasing, you are strengthening your spirit. You're no longer as susceptible to temptation. And when your spirit is strong, your flesh has a better chance. Here's the fifth sign is, feeling overwhelmed and hopeless. You know, in this recent season, I found myself here many times and often because of the circumstances that I'm experiencing. You know, the word circumstance comes from two Latin words. Circum, which means to encircle, and stance, which means stand. In other words, it means that you are standing encircled by what's going on. You are surrounded by problems on every side. David said this in Psalm 27, 3. He says, though an army besiege me, surrounds me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. You know, when you feel overwhelmed and surrounded, we can become fearful and hopeless and lacking confidence. This is when the enemy then steps in to sow seeds of blame and bitterness and anger. Why would you allow this, God? Why are you allowing this to happen? Or maybe even to adopt a a bad attitude that just festers and gets its grip on you saying, what's the use? What is the point in following God at all if he lets this happen? We see in this place, frustration begins to take hold and it leads to hopelessness where you just feel like giving up. You know, it's during these times that we must be aware of our thoughts and the lies that the the devil keeps pressing onto us and placing onto us and filling our mind with. And instead, we need to continue to press into our faith in Jesus, knowing and believing the Lord will see me through this battle as he has done before and he will do again. If you are discouraged today, if you are thinking about quitting or falling away from the family of faith, I want to encourage you, you are under attack. You are surrounded. You are overwhelmed. But fear not, the Lord is with you. He has given you hope and faith and confidence. You know, discouragement of the soul is where sin thrives. 
Regardless of the circumstance and what surrounds you today, be encouraged. Encourage your soul in the Lord once again. Here's the sixth sign that you're under spiritual attack is a draw toward old sinful ways. You know, the enemy will always attack where he was last successful. He will always attack where you are most vulnerable, where he will hurt you where it hits the hardest. You know, at these times, it may be uh, pornography, alcohol, drugs, jealousy, insecurity, sexual temptation, pride. Recognize when you feel yourself being drawn back towards those old sinful habits and those old thought patterns. Recognize that you are under attack, especially when you begin fantasizing and exaggerating about the past pleasures, but you forget all about the shame and the guilt and the pain that followed with them. Do not be deceived. Cast out your old self and find your new identity in Jesus Christ. Declare over your life and over yourself, that is not me anymore. I do not do that anymore. Here's the final sign that we are under a spiritual attack is pulling away from godly relationships. You know, the devil is winning in this area in so many Christian lives today. It's often as a, a direct result of a spiritual attack that we've been experiencing that we begin to pull away from relationships and those people who were keeping us encouraged of the things of God. When you feel like staying away from or no longer having as much in common with other Christians, or where you find yourself more enjoying being with those outside of the Christian faith, this is a sign that you're under attack. Now, I'm not saying for one second that we should not have friendships outside of the church. In fact, I've experienced that when I am on fire for Jesus, and when I've experienced others when they're on fire for God, it's like other people are just attracted and drawn towards you. And you begin, you can have great friendships and relationships. But when we begin to feel more comfortable in those relationships than we do with godly, like-minded, in spirit and in truth people, Something is going wrong. Something is happening. When you begin finding enjoyment through carnal desires more than you do in your spiritual desires, something is happening within you that's beginning to change that you must be aware of. Where you're looking for um, life's enjoyment and, and stimulation from constant entertainment where you're staying in for series. Maybe constant nights out with friends and alcohol. Or maybe on your own with alcohol. Spending your time and your money constantly shopping or, or always engaging in and watching sports or spending every weekend with trips and activities just to feel alive, just to feel something. The truth is you used to get that from being with the Holy Spirit. You used to experience that feeling alive, feeling vibrant and feeling like on fire when you were in worship with others in community. You used to experience that when you served others. You used to experience that when you're being in Jesus-centered community, edifying and building others up together. When our carnal desires begin to replace our life source, you begin to draw away from godly relationships. Here's the truth. Your friends are a photograph of your future. Picture what you want your future to look like and surround yourself with friends, godly, like-minded friends or who are going to help you and encourage you and build you up to get there. So those are the signs. Maybe one or maybe all of them. You're like, 
I'm definitely under attack. So, so what do I do? How do we respond when being under a spiritual attack? I'm going to give you three responses, three very short, simple things just to apply to your life today. And firstly is understanding and taking hold of the power of prayer. When I'm under attack and, and, and praying is like pulling teeth, I'm like, I do not want to do it. I, I put on Christian worship music and I just I let it play over me and I, I just listen and sometimes I even sing. And this is what I've experienced that worshiping God reminds us of who He is and who we are in Him. It, it turns our heart towards Him and allows us to, to fill up with a heart of gratefulness and thankfulness rising up within us that begins to satisfy our soul, that begins to restore our joy, that begins to fill us up with that confidence and that hope that we did not have. We may simply pray, God, I'm so grateful for you. I'm so thankful for you in my life. Lord, help me. Be with me. Speak to me. Build up my spirit. Set me free from this oppression. Deliver me from the evil one. You see, prayer is opening up our heart to God and welcoming him in. It, 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 prayer is allowing him to strengthen our spirit, to renew our mind, and to speak to us. To set us free, to reveal to us that we may recognize the areas in our life where we need him and respond through prayer Reminding us who he's created us to be. Here's the second thing that we can respond with is recognizing the power of partnership. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9 says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other. Partner with other like-minded Christians. Be there to pick someone else up and lean on others when you're struggling. You know, I can't tell you the amount of times that, that I reached out just in this year alone, reached out to other friends and said, hey, I'm struggling. I, I need you to pray for me. Hey, I don't know if you're experiencing this, but we're going through this and it just feels like everything is falling apart. What happens in that moment is we share our struggles together. We celebrate together. We grieve together, laugh together, mourn together. And we build each other up in the faith. You know, in those moments, in those times I've found for me, even as down as I may be, I always come away more hopeful. I always come away full of joy, full of just that enthusiasm for life, thinking and feeling it. Okay, let's go again. Okay, I, I recognize this is just another season. I know that I will get through this. Okay, I believe that the Lord is with me. I am confident because I've got others who are in the same boat with me, others who I am partnering with. Maybe you say, well, I wish I had friends like that. Here's the thing. You just need one. You just need one friend. Think about right now, one person who's in your orbit, a godly Christian man or woman who you can partner with. You don't have to be their best friend. You don't have to do everything all together, but just one that you're there for them. And they're there for you, praying for one another, building each other up in the faith. And here's the third and final one, is recognizing and leaning into the place of power. Listen to the words again of Jesus in Matthew 16, 18. This is the rock on which I will put together my church. A church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. Does this sound like a place that will build you up or break you down? 
Does this sound like a place that will give you life or suck the life out of you? Church, gathering together for worship and prayer and fellowship and growing in the word of God is a place that restores your soul, that revives your spirit and fills you with the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you. Become rooted and grounded in the church. The church is the place of power. The church is the place that we can gather together and be with others together experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit just as the 120 did in Acts chapter 2 at the beginning formation of the church where we are united with fellow believers covering each other in prayer. Hey, don't allow yourself to be isolated and secluded and vulnerable to the attack of the enemy. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, but gather yourself together in the church. Lean in and take hold of the power of prayer. Practice and experience the power of partnership and stay close to and committed to the place of power. Hey, regardless of the attack that you're going through, hold on to this truth. Jesus will set you free. Jesus is the power to deliver you from all oppression. He is the power to both protect you and to set you free for no weapon formed against you shall prosper in Jesus' name. Hey, let me pray for you today. I want to just pray over you, all of you who are watching me right now. I want to pray for your life. I want to pray for your home. I want to pray for your mind and your heart. Lord, right now, I pray for every single person who hears my voice. I pray that you will set us free, each of us, from any spiritual attack that we face, whether today, tomorrow, or into the future. God, I pray right now for a fervent belief. I pray right now for a confident hope. I pray right now that you revive our spirit and that you will set us free from any attack that we're experiencing. Hey, maybe you're not, you've never given your life to Jesus and come under the power and protection of Jesus Christ. I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now, to give your life to him. It's just a very simple prayer right now. If you want to just close your eyes or just pray this in your heart and pray these words with me and say, Jesus, I give you my life. I hand my life over to you. I am a sinner and I need your forgiveness. Today, I place my hope in you. Today, I choose to follow you from this day until my last. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer for the first time or you've been in touch or encouraged today and you'd love to get connected in with Open Arms, we'd love for you to go to openarms.ie forward slash connect where where you'll see a very simple form that we'd love you just to fill out some of your information tick the box i'm committing my life to jesus or i'm new here and i want to find out more and we'd love you to tick the box next steps it's a a weekly zoom or a monthly zoom that happens on the first wednesday of every month with some of our team where we hear your story and where we share our story and we just begin to to connect together and help you on this next step of your journey let me pray for you as we begin to worship one last time. I want to pray, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and give you his peace today. In Jesus' name, amen.